Good afternoon and Happy New Year to everyone. I now call the Health Service Board of Directors in session for the January 12th meeting, 2023. We'll start by saying the Pledge of Allegiance. Would you please join me? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. We'll now have agenda item number two. Agenda item number two is roll call, starting with President Scott. Present. Vice President Howe. Present. Commissioner Breslin. Present. Commissioner Canning. Present. Commissioner Follinsby. Uh, present. Are we in practice session? Am I in the regular session, though? I'm present. We're in the regular meeting at this time. Great. Okay. And Commissioner Zavansky. Present. With that, President Scott, we have quorum. Thank you. Uh, we'll now have agenda item number three. Agenda item number three, resolution allowing teleconference meetings under California Government Code Section 54953E. This is an action item and will be presented by President Scott. This is a continuing process that we have to go through for each meeting to allow our commission, our board, and its committees to meet in a teleconference mode if necessary during the course of the coming month. And I'm willing to entertain a motion uh, for its adoption. I move that we accept and approve the Health Service Board resolution findings to allow tele teleconference meetings. Second. Okay. It's been properly moved and seconded. Is there any board's discussion? Hearing none, uh, we'll now have some public comment. Thank you, President Scott. Public comment um, will be, uh, in-person public comment will be first, then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in the room, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments are to be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give you an audible warning when you have 30 seconds remaining, and when your three minutes have ended, I will thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute, and the moderator will unmute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on SFGov TV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial-in number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2481-453-5729. Again, 2481-453-5729. Then press pound and pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star three to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with any in-person public comment. And no one has approached the podium, so we will move to virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue at this time. Board Secretary, we have one caller on the phone line. Zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. A reminder to all callers on the line. You must dial star three now if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item. We will wait five more seconds and then close public comment for this agenda item. 
<coughs> Board Secretary, there are still no callers in the public comment queue at this time. Thank you, moderator. I'm, I'm just gonna check one more time for any um, viewers who may be in the public comment queue at this time. Moderator, would you be able to check as well? Thank you, Board Secretary. Refreshing, call-in user number five has elevated their hand. I'll unmute. Welcome, caller. Thank you uh, for taking my call. Can you hear me? I can hear you, and this is a public comment for our teleconference. Yes. Yeah, I am a San Francisco retiree, and I'm calling in to make two suggestions for the health service system, uh, which I Caller, I'm just going to pause you right there. Um, for this agenda item, we are taking comments about the teleconferenced meeting under the California Government Code. And our next agenda item, agenda item number four, would be the best place for you to make the two suggestions. So we'll keep you on the line and look for your call in the next agenda item. Thank you. Moderator with that, uh, shall we refresh again one more time? Any other callers in the public comment queue? Yes, Board Secretary, we still have two callers on the phone. Zero additional callers have entered the public comment queue at this time. Thank you, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed. Thank you. We're now ready to vote. We'll take a roll call vote. Roll call vote starting with President Scott. Aye. Vice President Howe. Aye. Commissioner Breslin. Aye. Commissioner Canning. Aye. Commissioner Follinsby. Yes. And Commissioner Zvansky. Aye. Passes unanimously. Item number four. Item number four is general public comment, an opportunity for members of the public to comment on any matter within the board's jurisdiction that is not on the agenda, including requesting that a board place a matter on a future agenda item. I'll read those um, public comment instructions now. In-person public comment will be first and then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments are to be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give you an audible warning when you have 30 seconds remaining, and when your three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute, and the moderator will unmute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on SFGov TV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial-in number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2481-453-5729. Again, 2481-453-5729. Then press pound and pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star three to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with any in-person public comment. And no one has approached the podium. We'll move to our virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue at this time. Board Secretary, we have two callers on the phone line. Zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. 
A reminder to all callers on the line, you must dial star three now if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item. We will wait five more seconds and then close public comment for this agenda item. Board Secretary, in refreshing, call-in user number five from the last round has elevated their hands. Thank you, moderator. I'll unmute the first caller. Welcome, caller. Thank you for waiting. Thank you for allowing me to speak. My name is Helga Zimmerer, and I'm a San Francisco City and County retiree. Can you hear me? Yes. Proceed. It's a little bit Thank low. You. If you could speak a little higher, that would be helpful. Okay. Can you hear me better? A little better. Proceed. Okay. okay. I, I would like to suggest two practices for the health service system that will greatly enhance customer service for all service members, not just for retirees. I would like to suggest that by opt-in version, the health service system uh, notify retirees by email, not just by postal mail of important uh, events that happen. I am a retiree and I'm gone for one to two months at a time. And last May, I almost missed a diva notice, which would have resulted in my husband being discontinued from the insurance system because of I barely could respond because I wasn't home. And this time there was a problem with United Healthcare enrolling me in the wrong they disenrolled me from the Medicare program and enrolled me in their EPO program. I did not receive that notice in a timely manner because I was in Canada. So if there would be the option to receive notices by email in addition to postal mail, that would be a, a good idea. The second suggestion I have is that one can contact the health service system by email, not just by phone. I called uh, twice the last two days and was on hold for 20 minutes and was disconnected. So if the option to contact the health service system by email, uh, that would be helpful as well. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Moderator, you can let us know if there's any other callers in the public comment queue at this time. A reminder to callers that have spoken in the public comment queue, you must dial star three to lower your hand as it remains in the queue for caller number five. And now board secretary, there are no other callers in the queue at this time. Thank you, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed. Thank you. We'll now move to agenda item number five. Agenda item number five is approval with possible modifications of the minutes of the meeting set forth below. This will be presented by President Scott, and these will be meeting minutes for the November 2nd Governance Committee meeting, the December 8th Regular Health Service Board meeting, and the December 13th Regular uh, Governance Committee meeting. So in addition to the regular board meeting minutes, which are normally taken up at this time, we've had two Governance Committee meetings uh, and those minutes were attached and distributed and posted on our website. So are there any corrections? I'll first of all go to the regular board meeting. Any 
corrections or edits or comments by board members for those minutes. All right. I'll now move to the minutes of November 2nd for the Governance Committee. Are there any edits, comments on those minutes? None. Thank you. And we'll now move to the minutes of the Governance Committee on December 13th, 2022. Are there any edits, changes from board members regarding those minutes? None. Hear, hearing none, I will now entertain a motion that we accept all three uh, meeting minutes. President Scott, I move that the board accept the minutes of the November 2nd, 2022 Health Service Board Governance Committee meeting, the December 8th, 2022 Health Service Board regular meeting, and, this, and the December 13th, 2022 Health Service Board Governance Committee meeting. Second. There's, it's improperly moved that we accept the minutes that are identified in this item. Is there any comment from the board? Hearing none, we'll take public comment at this time. In-person public comment will be first, then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments are to be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give an audible warning when you have 30 seconds remaining, and when your three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute, and the moderator will unmute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on SFGov TV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial-in number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2481-453-5729. Again, 2481-453-5729. Then press pound and pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star three to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with an in-person public comment and no one has approached the podium. We'll move to our virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue at this time. Board Secretary, we have zero callers on the phone line and zero callers in the public comment queue. Thank you, moderator. Here. Without any need for a refresh, um, with uh, no, for, no callers in the public comment queue at this time, public comment is now closed. Thank you. We're now ready to vote. Please call the roll. Roll call vote, starting with President Scott. Uh, uh, aye. Vice President Howe. Aye. President. Uh, excuse me, Commissioner Breslin? Aye. Commissioner Canning? Aye. Commissioner Follinsby? Yes. And Commissioner Zavansky? Aye. Thank you. The minutes are for these meetings are approved. We'll now move to item number six. Agenda item number six is President's Report and will be presented by President Scott. Uh, for my President's Report, I'd like to again welcome everyone to this new year as we 
begin, uh, as you see by this agenda, the rates and benefits cycle and all that will ensue for the next six months. I also want to personally thank those members of the board who completed the board evaluation as well as the executive director performance evaluation since our last meeting. In addition to that, we had required training and some of it was uh, maybe redundant to us, but again, uh, it's one of these things that annually we go through in terms of looking at the issue of sexual, har sexual harassment. Uh, we've looked at the issue of uh, IT security and other requirements as we are board members uh, for the health service system. And I thank you for devoting time to completing those trainings. Up ahead of us, as we know, will be the uh, personal conflict of interest form coming up in April and ethics training and so forth. And Holly, our, our uh, outstanding board secretary, will remind us of those. And I hope that with the same deal of enthusiasm that you will approach those tasks as well. So again, board members, thank you for doing that uh, in the last, uh, since we last convened. With that, that's the end of my president's report. And President Scott, I'll move on to public comment. Item number seven. Oh, or President Scott. Public comment. comment, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. In-person public comment will be first and then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments are to be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give you an audible warning when you have 30 seconds remaining and when your three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute and the moderator will unmute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on SFGov TV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial-in number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2481. 453-5729, again 2481-453-5729, then press pound and pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star 3 to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with any in-person public comment. And no one has approached the podium, so we'll move to our virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue at this time. Board Secretary, there are no callers on the line and no callers in the public comment queue at this time. Thank you, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed. Thank you. We'll now move to item number seven. Agenda item number seven is the director's report. This is presented by Abby Ant, SFHSS Executive Director. Good afternoon, commissioners, and happy new year to each of you. Um, I'll make this rather brief. Uh, I did want to remind us that we're still in COVID uh, period pandemic and um, subject to all the rules and regulations that accompany that. Uh, I did call out, uh, it, it, rather than try to summarize what was um, being talked about by our public health advisors on uh, the barriers to COVID, 
uh, treatment and um, how the um, vaccine has been extended to children now ages six months and older. Uh, the uptake of these vaccines, unfortunately, isn't real great. Um, <clears throat> there's also uh, information in a health alert on the DPH website that is uh, mentioned here about the MPOX vaccination recommendations as well as uh, what we have come to know as the triple threat this year uh, with not only COVID but influenza and respiratory viral uh, viruses uh, circulating amongst many of us. Um, so stay healthy if you can. Um, we do continue to work very diligently with the school district on um, helping ensure that members whose uh, eligibility has been questioned or dropped or problem in some way. Uh, we are um, have a number of procedures in place to address that issue and we will be at the district side um, for however long it takes for them to fix the underlying problem. Uh, we hope it's sooner than later, uh, but it is a, a very real endeavor that does um, require a, a good deal of our staff time. Um, also, um, I mentioned that um, some of the meetings that I've been uh, attending recently, I, I, the reason I put this in the report is that uh, as it relates to our uh, new strategic plan, a lot of the work that we think we need to do to improve the delivery systems uh, in healthcare obviously can't be done by us alone. And so um, aligning with the um, other big public providers uh, right now in the state of California, that would be CalPERS and Covered California and us, um, have a, a committee within the Pacific Business Group on Health where we're uh, rapidly um, identifying areas that we have in common and want to work together on. And I, I find it really significant um, and can update this board as that work um, continues. I do want to uh, remind everyone of the blackout notice um, that was initiated at our last meeting. This will be ongoing uh, through July of 2023. In, um, so if anyone has any questions about that or uh, uh, has a experience that perhaps uh, they need to report, uh, please let us know as quickly as you can and we will address the situation. We did, as, as indicated last month, we have had the mental health forum in early December uh, with significant support from Aon Consulting Services uh, on the area of mental health. Um, it was extremely well attended with a, quite a mixture of subject matter experts from our health plans and providers, uh, as well as some key city department leaders um, and our leadership staff from HSS to really walk through a, a, a very rigorous um, full day workshop on trying to identify what we see as a future state um, so that we can develop a plan to get there. Um, we'll be intend on bringing that report to this board next month. Also, we completed, uh, as we have discussed in the past, an annual, um, uh, the audits that we did in calendar year 2022. And we also, um, the staff worked diligently to put together an inventory of all the compliance requirements that the agency has so that we can continue to track the completion of all of those. I just want to reassure the board there, that that, has, that wasn't done because we had a problem per se, uh, but it was done just as due diligence that we needed to have a system in place to make sure we don't have a problem. 
Um, and so that has been completed. Uh, the audits uh, that were done last year are mentioned uh, in the report elsewhere, and there um, were no significant findings. And there is planned for audits for this uh, current year that we've just entered. Um, the race, equity, diversity, and cultural heritage celebrations um, kick off this month with Martin Luther King Day celebrations. And um, also uh, Chinese New Year comes a little early this year. Um, it's in January 22nd, so uh, those festivities um, are pretty much underway. Um, so we want to uh, join in those celebrations where we can. Also, I want to um, then state that Letitia Harris, who um, did a fantastic job describing to this board and getting your approval on the um, strategic plan the going forward, um, uh, did complete the, her, the task of closing out the strategic plan that uh, we just finished, and there is some details in the uh, director's report so that um, uh, you um, are assured that we didn't forget anything and we'll carry forward those things that are um, are obvious that they should be. Um, and Letitia did comment to me that she was actually surprised when she did the analysis of how, how much synergy there is and how it really makes sense and the, the flow. So I think we're on track. Um, outside of that, um, the staff, there's full operations report in the um, director's report. And I just have to say to my entire team, thank you. <laughs> Um, it, it, we are down a significant number of staff, and so those that are working are working harder than they norm would if we were fully staffed, and they are not, not missing major deadlines. They are getting the work done, They're, um, and, and, and there's not, a, not an attitude. <laughs> it's, uh, we understand we work in a system that is far from optimal when it comes to hiring recruitment and, and hiring. And uh, I think literally everybody in town right now is working on the efforts to modernize the recruitment and retiring uh, system, um, not just because it needs to be done, but the city has over 4,000 vacancies. So things have got to get easier or it's just you can't get, you can't get ahead of the curve. Uh, so there's a lot of initiatives going on in that area, and I really have hats off to Carol Eisen, the director of uh, the Department of Human Resources, who is fearless in taking on some of the significant changes that need to occur to allow us to have a, um, a more um, easier time bringing people in. It just takes too long. So that's my report, I think, for today, unless there's any other any questions from the commissioners. Are there any questions from the board? Comments from the board regarding the director's report? Yes, uh, I have yeah. one. Yes, Mr. Commissioner Follinsby. Um, and thank you very much for this um, detailed report. I, uh, and thank you very much to Letitia and Abby and all your staff for the uh, summary of the closeout of the 2020, 2020 to 2022 uh, strategic plan. Um, the question I have is that. You mentioned that several of these um, initiatives are still ongoing, or well, a majority have been completed and will just be subject to periodic monitoring. Uh, can you summarize how the ongoing ones, were they really anticipated to be completed, or the ones that you were anticipating might have to you know, uh, extend in the 2023 to 2025 um, strategic plan, and how will they be integrated sort of in the new, because the new strategic plan has some slightly different structure to it. 
Yeah, I, we, we do have a, a committee within the um, uh, HSS that is looking at the implementation of the strategic plan, and I think that detail will be addressed in, in that um, effort uh, where we really look at how we measure things and the, those things that Leticia has called out that um, will make sense to carry forward, we will identify those in that process. Well, also, I would think that there are some of these that are ongoing that we know are going to not only be a part of the upcoming strategic plan, the one that we've adopted, probably extend beyond that. As Abby has highlighted, we're talking about collaborating and doing something about uh, uh, adult uh, care, and that's a massive kind of topic when you're when you're looking at that, and that's not something that's going to be accomplished in one strategic uh, plan, but be an ongoing effort. We may be undertaking different initiatives under that topic, but I think that's the the topic itself will be with us, lowering the cost of prescription drugs, uh, trying to provide quality, and so forth. Some of these are. Uh, ever-expanding universal topics and we just have to take them a chunk at a time as we go forward with our plan and our operations. Uh, but I do think, uh, I, I joined with uh, Commissioner Follinsby about the fact that we've got a documented result of kind of where we ended up in the last plan and now we have the new one in place. Uh, I want to also on behalf of this board thank the staff for the, their diligence uh, in and their continued hardworking efforts, recognizing that there are a number of vacancy colleagues uh, in the in the uh, staffing structure, and uh, I know that uh, the executive director and I have talked about this uh, since the last board meeting, and we're uh, I know that she has been rather tireless in her efforts of working with the Department of Human Resources and its executive director to take a look at the competitiveness of the salaries that we're offering in terms of trying to hire staff. And, uh, and we'll just continue to work at that. But again, to all of the staff members of HHSS, uh, we thank you for the hard work that you're undertaking at this time. Are there any other comments on the executive director's report? Actually, I have a question. Yes, um, uh, Commissioner Zavansky. Thank you very much, um, Chair Scott. Um, Director Yant, um, in looking at these positions and um, the vacancies, I'm wondering if we're having, there's so many shortages in so many um, areas these days of, of uh, work vacancies. It sort of boggles my mind. But our work is very specialized. Are there some specific difficulties in recruiting people that are qualified for these positions? Are we having some difficulty um, with regard to that or we're not getting enough candidates? It, it, it very well may be a contributing factor and I think one of the things that um, system-wide we're looking at, as you know, the classification system has gotten kind of out of control. Uh -huh. There's so many different, so the there's a particular s series, the 1200 series, uh, that is um, shared amongst uh, uh, DHR, us, retirements, mother departments. Right. Um, and so we've asked for a, a review of that series to be sure that it's right and, and to look back again at the MQs there and see if there are barriers to people applying or being eligible for these positions. 
because, um, uh, and, and in addition to that, you know, we're really talking about how we can enhance our training standards um, within, the, within the department um, that would not only just uh, reduce variability and, and, and give a nice tool set to uh, our staff, but it would also um, help us uh, bring, people, bring people in to the organization that maybe don't have benefits experience. So um, r right now that is under consideration, but we would have to have the right support structure in place in order to do that so they could really get the training. But we think, and Ray's really the expert on this, um, but we really do think that um, you know, we, can, we can do a better job uh, of recruiting, and we, it, so we're taking advantage of not only the modernization effort that's going on citywide, but I think the modernization of our services within within the department. I mean, the the, the public comment uh, that came in; uh, those items are on our list of things to be able to do. Um, but we've got to get the right kind of staff on board um, and get those uh, operation operations working, um, and then we can. It's it's kind of a chicken and egg thing. Uh, we're not stopping the recruitment process in order to do that, but it would be sweet if they all kind of happened at the right point in time. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how well we can orchestrate it. And we put. Um, I'm trying to think back to the back when I did some of that work. Exempt waivers on this for health service, or there's something. The 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 more restrictions you put on this stuff, the harder it is. The to harder it is. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I, I believe, you know, at this point we're looking at loosening things in order to allow the funnel to be a little wider because right now just the people looking for work right. aren't enough. Um, so so it, would, it would be more a matter of being able to do the training and training for people who don't have that background but might qualify otherwise. Got it. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Are there other director comments? on the director's report. If not, we'll go to public comment. Thank you, President Scott. In-person public comment will be first and then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president ne deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments should be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give you an audible warning when you have 30 seconds remaining, and when your three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute, and the moderator will unmute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on SFGov TV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dialing number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2481-453-5729. Again, 2481-453-5729. Then press pound and pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star 3 to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with any in-person public comment. And no one has approached the podium. We'll move to virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue at this time. Board Secretary, there is one caller on the phone line. Zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. A reminder to all callers on the line, you must dial star three now 
if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item. We will wait five more seconds and then close public comment for this agenda item. Board Secretary, there are still no callers in the public comment queue at this time. Thank you, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed. Thank you. We'll now move to agenda item number eight. Agenda item number eight is SFHSS financial report as of November 30th, 2022. This is a discussion item and will be presented by Iftikhar Hussein, SFHSS chief financial officer, who will be joining us virtually. And I can see Mr. Hussein, you're coming through on your video. Chief Financial Officer Hussein, are you there virtually? Yes. How are you this afternoon? I am doing fantastic. Very good. We're delighted to see you with us. Yeah. So despite getting all the vaccines, boosters, everything, I ended up actually getting COVID. So uh, thank you for letting me join remotely. Um, All right. So for the financials, for the month of November, we um, uh, the good news is we're still positive on the fund balance. We're about 4.8 million higher than we started at the beginning of the year, uh, but there are some um, concerns on the horizon. Our medical claims are running uh, on Access Plus are running really high, and as we uh, looked at the detail of those claims, we're seeing. Uh, uh, a lot of uh, maternity-related claims and ICU uh, type of claims, very high dollar claims, uh, mostly at Stanford and UC that are driving and they're adding up to uh, millions of dollars. So we're working with Blue Shield to understand more uh, about what's causing that perhaps um, and uh, just understanding those trends. Um, we're, we're not seeing that in all plans, though. It's just Access Plus. That's where the claims seem really high. But it's high enough where it's worth um, um, you know, engaging with the, with the um, health plans, which we are doing, and understanding those trends. They would have a bearing. Uh, you know, the rates for 23 are locked, but we're self-insured. So um, um, as we get into the rate-setting process, we'd have to understand those trends to see uh, what can be done about it and what the projection looks like with those higher claims. Um, for uh, pharmacy, the rebates look, look good. We're, we're about a 12.8 million trend for the year. Um, and um, the general fund, like we talked earlier, is running favorable due to vacancies. And um, we um, expect to, uh, you know, in the budget process, use some of those, um, the favorable, uh, the vacancy funds this year, see and ask that if we could use some of those to put some QA processes in place and process in place to avoid um, 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 disruptions like this going forward, uh, but more to come on that later. So that's uh, really the highlights of the financial report and happy to answer any questions. Are there questions from the board regarding the financial statements or reports? Hearing none, we'll have public comment. Thank you, President Scott. In-person public comment will be first and then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. 
Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments are to be made concerning the agenda item that is presented. A, a caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give you an audible warning when you have 30 seconds remaining, and when the three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute, and the moderator will unmute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on SFGov TV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are, are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial-in number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2481-453-5729. Again, 2481-453-5729. Then press pound and pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star 3 to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with any in-person public comment. And no one has approached the podium, so we'll move to our virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue at this time. Board Secretary, we have one caller on the phone line. Zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. A reminder to all callers on the line, you must dial star three now if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item. We will wait five more seconds and then close public comment for this agenda item. Board Secretary, there are still no callers in the public comment queue at this time. Thank you, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed. Thank you, and Chief Financial Officer Hussein, we wish you a very speedy and rapid recovery. Thank you for your report. We'll now move to item number nine. Agenda item number nine is Mayor's budget instructions for the SFHSS general fund budget for the fiscal year 2023 to 24 and fiscal year 2024 to 2025. This will be presented by Iftikhar Hussain, SFHSF Chief Financial Officer. Um, I, so um, I assume you're seeing the material of the, of the slide. So you have the slide deck, and I'll uh, kind of go through the highlights. Um, the uh, agenda item covers not only um, um, uh, discussion, uh, but also an opportunity for public input. Uh, and we will do two opportunities for public input today is one, and then on February 2nd at uh, the HSB Finance Committee will be the second opportunity for public input. So for, um, so going uh, into... The we'll be moving the next slides along, one. yes. Okay, I'm on slide two, um, number two. Uh, you could uh, just to give you an overview, uh, the funds uh, that this uh, board is well that 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 impact city and county are uh, the three components to that. The first is the health benefit trust. Uh, the cost for the city is about eight hundred forty-five million. If you add in uh, the other affiliates for which we uh, manage health benefits, it's about a billion dollars. And uh, we're responsible for uh, you know great negotiations, which um, come to we bring to you, um, and then uh, doing RFPs and selecting the health plans. 
the general fund is, uh, uh, is, is the normal city budget process. We, um, our annual budget is about 13 million. And uh, the mayor has asked for a 5% reduction in, in the first year of the budget and an additional 3% in uh, 2020 and the following year. And uh, lastly, we, uh, when we present our budget plan, uh, the Health Sustainability Fund uh, uh, is a fund that we have based on a $3 PMPM assessment of our beneficiaries. And uh, it raised annual revenues to a half million. Uh, and our goal really is to keep that fund sustainable. Um, so when we bring the budget to you, we'll, we'll um, show you both the general fund and the health sustainability fund. And, um, uh, but the mayor's concerned mainly on the general fund. The um, next slide. Um, so, the, uh, so in meeting the uh, uh, budget targets, uh, they are not, uh, uh, they're look, asking us to look at all departments, look at vacancies and see whether uh, some of the vac not filling some of the vacancies could be used as a way to uh, meet those targets. And on the next slide, uh, you could see it's a, uh, that the uh, deficits that the city is projecting are expected to grow. Uh, so the second year of the budget has a greater deficit than the first at about 527 million. And so um, the plan is to kind of put us on a path, the city on a path to uh, avoid those deficits. The reasons, so on the next slide, you can see the reasons for the deficit. Uh, the recovery um, support from the, yes, the support from the federal government for the pandemic efforts have been, has been, is uh, running out or has been, is being reduced. Uh, as the pandemic is uh, approaching its, its third year, uh, the wage increase and inflationary pressures are putting um, uh, um, expenses, uh, inflationary pressures on expenses to go up the same path the revenue base is weakening. And um, um, the tax revenue base um, has not recovered as well due to the high vacancy rates. Um, an office space and um, slow down businesses that, that the city is seeing. Um, so the last page here on slide six, you can see the calendar. That, as I said earlier, that in February 6th, we'll have a finance committee meeting uh, and have be a second opportunity for public to provide input. Uh, the, uh, our final uh, budget will be presented to you uh, at the next meeting on that. Um, so those are the highlights. Happy to answer any questions about uh, the mayor's budget instructions. Are there questions from board members regarding the mayor's this presentation on the budget, the two-year budget? Yeah, this is Commissioner Follinsby. If I can ask a question. Yes, please, Commissioner. Yeah, thank you very much. I assume that these are the same um, forces that have led um, Governor Newsom to announce that the California state budget will also be in deficit next year, some $220 billion or something. I'm wondering, does the mayor's budget take into account potential uh, decrease 
revenues from the state as well in terms of state support? I don't know how that might work, but is that um, factored in or is there no relationship other than the causality? Uh, so there is a comment I got from the mayor saying that the governor may revise the support they are giving the city. So th that's not reflected yet in the instructions. But Thank she, you. Yeah, so Brady is anticipating that there will be some uh, more information coming from the state. So help me with this. Uh, we have to submit our budget in February. We know that there will be uh, revisions in the state budget and the controller's projections after we submit our budget. So is there a process that would they come back to us and say, based on the revisions, and they're expecting, as they put here, prepare to look for the outlook to worsen, let's say it does worsen, do we have to then go back and resubmit our budget? How does that, that sync up? Could you explain that to us? Well, yes, that. typically the, the instructions that they give us, they give us targets um, and um, and then they uh, solicit requests or you can make requests that, that are different from the targets that they have delivered. And usually it's the Board of Supervisors who go through a process um, after the budget is done. Uh, but this, uh, the one item here this year is new. Uh, and it's not clear. So I'll follow up on that at the, uh, the mayor's office to answer your question as to um, how input or information from the mayor is going to be used in this year's budget. Well, you, could you go to the calendar? Um, yeah, Again, the slide six. Yes, the calendar slide. So at next board's meeting, we will be reviewing and approving our initial submission absent these other, quote, worsening outlook factors. Is that right? We're just approving the initial submission of the budget as compliance. This is not maybe the last time we may also have to weigh in on this as a board. Uh, that's correct, yeah. All so right. last year, actually, after you had approved the budget, we actually got increases from the mayor. All right. So thank you for, for that clarification. Are there other questions? Commissioner um, Zavansky? Yes, um, I'd like to ask, usually the Board of Supervisors has their budget committee working concurrently with this process. Um, are we working with anyone, uh, the, the chair of that committee or anyone at the Board of Supes while we're working on our submission to the mayor? What, not yet. Um, we engage with them once the mayor has presented the budget to the, released it to the board oh. of supervisors. Nothing in advance. Nothing in advance. It's Got it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. Are there other questions or comments from the board regarding the process? If not, we'll take public comment. Thank you, President Scott. In-person public comment will be first and then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments are to be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give you an audible warning when, you're 30 seconds, when you have 30 seconds remaining, and when your three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute, and the moderator will unmute the next caller. 
Remote viewing is available on SFGovTV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial-in number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2481-453-5729. Again, 2481-453-5729. Then press pound and pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star 3 to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with any in-person public comment. And no one has approached the podium. We'll move to our virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue at this time. Board Secretary, we have one caller on the phone line. Zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. A reminder to all callers on the line, you must dial star three now if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item. We'll wait five more seconds and then close public comment for this agenda item. Board Secretary, there are still no callers in the public comment queue at this time. Thank you, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed. All right, thank you. And again, Chief Financial Officer Hussein, we wish you a speedy recovery. Yeah. We'll now go to item number 10. Agenda item number 10, Board Education, Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, HIPAA training. This is a discussion item and will be presented by Rain Coleridge, Enterprise System and Analytics Director for SFHSS. This was a carryover item from December just so that we have a point of continuity. And good afternoon and how are you and welcome back. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. Good afternoon, Commissioners. Rin Coleridge, Director, Enterprise Systems and Analytics, HSS HIPAA Privacy and Security Officer. And today I am presenting uh, your annual HIPAA training. And I know you are all well, well versed in HIPAA. And so if you need any review of definitions, regulations, our own personal practices. You'll find that in the appendix of the presentation. Today, we're just gonna quickly focus on increases in the civil penalties, what is new since January 2022 when we did our loss training, and what we see on the horizon coming in 2023. So um, we'll dive right in. Um, top five uh, HIPAA Violations, uh, number one, it's when you've got your non-encrypted devices, whether it's a laptop or a phone, um, that gets lost or stolen. And so that's why we've provided you those HSS laptops. So please use those when you're dealing with our PHI. Um, likewise, uh, lack of training, but we're doing training today, so we got that one. Uh, database breaches. Uh, there's also improperly sharing of information. And finally, um, rounding out that top five list is the improper disposal of PHI. So I think you can each see yourselves perhaps in four out of five of those, right? So that's why we're doing this today. Um, 
So moving on to slide two. Thanks, Ray. Uh, we'll take a look quickly at those changes in the civil penalties. It's actually still the same dollar amounts that were originally um, set um, as part of the High Tech Act, but what they've done is they've adjusted for inflation. So that's why you see those uh, minimums uh, from 127 up to 1.9 million and the caps on that. And just a reminder that these um, vary via these tiers and those tiers are escalating based on whether you really couldn't have known and had no way of knowing about a possible breach or improper use of PHI um, all the way up in severity to willful neglect. And so that's the difference. And just a reminder, commissioners, there are also criminal liabilities, so up to 10 years in jail, $250,000, possible other restitution or lawsuit, possible loss of licenses and or lawsuits. All right, moving ahead to slide three. Let's talk about what was new since the last time I was up here. Um, so those uh, maximum penalty amounts on each coverage tier, which adjusted for inflation on the previous slide, was 1.9 million and change. Um, Health and Human Services has reevaluated how that is applied. And so instead of it being on each individual tier, um, it's only applied on the tier four level. And so the maximum cap on the annual for the other three tiers has been reduced. Um, tier one, $25,000, all the way up to tier three, $250,000. And then just in December of this prior uh, month, uh, HHS released new guidance on uh, online tracking technologies by covered entities and business associates. So what does that mean to you? Um, if you're visiting a website or using maybe a mobile application, there's software running in the background that's doing some tracking of um, where did you come from? How long are you hanging out on the page? What did you click on? Where do you click to next? Um, it helps a website owner become more effective about how they you know, make their site or their application effective and engaging, but it does mean tracking is happening on people and so there are new guidances about that type of tracking and making sure it's compliant with HIPAA practices. All right, jumping ahead to 2023. There are actually, it's been 10 years since we've seen any um, real updates to HIPAA. Last time was 2013 with the high tech. So in 2020, HHS did um, release uh, a proposed rule change, and the final rule change was expected in 2022, but no formal announcement as yet. Um, so just a note, no plan changes on the HIPAA security rule. But uh, current expectation is that we will have new privacy rules. They'll be implemented in 2023 and um, enforced in 2024. And these rules are aimed at easing um, some administrative requirements and also removing some provisions which limited that and discouraged the care coordination. Uh, and if and when those actually get released and finalized, I'm sure we'll put a note in the director's report. So final slide here for that I'm reviewing today. We'll just take a look at what might be coming. I'm not going to list all of these, just call out a couple. Uh, well, more than a couple, but a handful. Uh, reduce time to um, provide access to PHI down for, uh, to 15 days from 30. Um, patients would be allowed to review their medical record PHI in person. They could take notes, they could take photos, so that expands their abilities there. Um, allowing patients to request a transfer of PHI to their personal health applications. So in this day and age, those are ubiquitous. You have a lot of apps and devices and watches that are tracking your health. Um, the definition
definition of healthcare operations that will would be broadened to cover care coordination and case management. Again, um, part of that to, to help with that continuity of care. And um, as covered entities, a couple of bullet points at the bottom that we would certainly need to be compliant on, which is posting on our website estimated fee schedules um, for PHI access and disclosure. And likewise, if somebody makes that request for the information, we'd need to provide to them an individualized estimate of the free fees that um, they may entertain. And with that, that's your uh, presentation for today. I will take any questions or comments. On this individualized fee, when, when do you think we will have that, inf that information? So uh, the setting of the fee is actually up to us, and so um, what some organizations do is based on like uh, the the individual's time to like copy materials and also some copying costs. Uh, at this point, we've actually uh, not had any requests come through in my tenure as our privacy officer um, for somebody's PHI to be disclosed to them, um, and so I think we can evaluate at that time as we get closer to having to comply with with this about what an appropriate fee would be. All right. And I know you can't project this, but they, they, they allow for this to be done in person. So a person could come into our offices or when they're open in the future, this is the future we're talking about, and request that any PHI that we may have on them be made available to them. That, that would assume that they're making an appointment, they're coming in, they're making the request, and then they can look at whatever we have and take pictures of it or ask us to make copies for them? Yeah, and, and, and they could take notes, too. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Any other questions from the board on this? And no notion as to when these new regulations are going to come out at this point in time? No, not at all, given that they're already well overdue. Um, right. Definitely folks okay. expected this quite a while ago. So the talk is possibly March. Okay. Any other questions from the board? I do have a question. Yes, uh, Commissioner Zavansky. What do we do to verify or validate that the individual who has made the request is actually that person? Is there anything? We yeah, I mean, this is, and this isn't just, you know, because somebody's coming in and they want their own information. It's what our member services does with every single encounter with a member. So um, they're collecting information such as um, date of birth, address, names, social if necessary, various identifiers of that individual. And do we do anything? Because what I'm thinking of is um, with our plans, we have dependents listed as well. So someone comes in and they're entitled to their information, but in in gathering that, they may end up with information from others who are on their plan. Um, is how does this how does HIPAA work with regard to that and the individual who is the the member of the system and yeah, this is a great question. So you're right, um, you called it out. I said you guys were well-versed in your HIPAA. Everybody has their own um, HIPAA rights. And so, um, you know, the, um, 
So that doesn't mean that the member can necessarily look at the spouse or vice versa's information. We do encourage our members, we do have um, one of our um, HIPAA forms, easily available on our website, does allow for granting that access to those other family members. So um, that, that could simplify things. Um, depending what information is being requested, we would have to have to go through and do some redaction. I think we would probably just check and see if the, the member wanted to approve and sign off on that. And there's also instances where you don't even have to get like that formal approval. I mean, if they show up together, it's implied. So we'll have to work through those. But as we get closer to, to, to doing some of these things, we can, I think you're calling out rightfully enough, we should formalize up some of this. And that might also include like adult, other adult dependents, adult dependent children or other adult dependents that might be covered. Yeah, all of them. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Thank Zansky. you, Commissioner. Any other comments? If not, we'll take public comment on this item. Thank you, President Scott. In-person public comment will be first and then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments are to be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give you an audible warning when there are 30 seconds remaining and when the three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute and the moderator will unmute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on SFGov TV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial-in number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2481-453-5729. Again, 2481-453-5729. Then press pound and pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star 3 to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with our in-person public comment. And no one has approached the podium. We'll move to our virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue at this time. Board Secretary, we have one caller on the phone line. Zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. A reminder to all callers on the line, you must dial star three now if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item. We'll wait five more seconds and then close public comment for this agenda item. Board Secretary, there are still no callers in the public comment queue at this time. Thank you, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed. Thank you. Uh, before we proceed with the rest of the agenda, because we're going to be moving back and forth between different topics, uh, by the agenda, we will next be going into governance committee items, and then we'll move to rates and benefits, and then we have indicated a closed session. Uh, I am uh, going to exercise the privilege of the chair <laughs> and move item 14 up to uh, come after. President Scott, I, I believe there's a, 
uh, error on yeah. our agenda. Yes. I, I believe you're talking about the reports and updates from the contracted plan representatives. That is it's correct. It's labeled 14, but we have two it should 14s. Be, it, we, see, we do have two 14s. That should be item 17, reports correct. and updates from contracted health plan representatives. That should be item 17 on the agenda. That item will be moved up before we go into what is identified as uh, closed session after item 14. So after item 14, we will take item 17 to have any of the plan representatives uh, who are here today that have any updates for us will entertain those and then we will proceed into closed session. All right. Uh, so with that, uh, Commissioner Follinsby. Here. Are you ready to assume the chair? I am. Good. You may now do so. So we're, we're opening agenda item number 11, I believe. That is correct, sir. Okay. So thank you. This is agenda item number 11, approval of revisions to the health service governance policies and terms of reference. This is an action item and will be presented by committee chair Follinsby. And Chair Follinsby, uh, just much. take a moment. I'll be pulling up the screen for you to be able to speak to. So I'll, uh, I think I can, we can go ahead just with the background. Um, the agenda uh, lists the two um, um, meetings of the Governance Committee on November 2nd and December 13th. We approved the um, minutes of those meetings earlier in this uh, meeting. Um, and there are several attached uh, documents that are being brought up. Uh, the first is a request for approval of the Health Service Board of Governance Policies in terms of uh, uh, reference uh, changes. Um, and then um, three other documents include um, a redlined um, changes that were um, recommended. So what I would like to do, um, so this is a summary of the um, uh, changes that we're going to vote on. What I would like to do is entertain a motion to approve these, have a second, and then open it up for discussion item by item, if that's um, okay with the board members. Uh, Mr. Chair, I move that uh, I move that we approve uh, the changes as will be presented regarding the uh, request, excuse me, uh, regarding the terms of reference 101, uh, governance policy 210, and governance policy 213. Second. It's moved and seconded that we approve the revisions to the Health Service Board uh, governance policies in terms of reference. So I'd like to open this up for a discussion. Before I do that, I want to thank uh, specifically um, Chief Financial Officer um, Mr. Hussein, as well as Abby Yant, uh, Holly Lopez for really helping uh, navigate all these um, discussions and changes into a document that was uh, reviewed and then sent out uh, as per our um, uh, terms of governance um, uh, on uh, d December 30th, allowing uh, more than 10 days time for review uh, by not only the commissioners, but the general public uh, anticipating this discussion today. And so with that, I would just uh, like to, um, I guess, open up um, the um, just, uh for discussion and uh, questions from uh, various uh, commissioners. So maybe just go through, there were four points that we addressed. 
The first was there was a proposal that we add um, some language to um, allow for exceptions to the um, uh, uh, terms of governance of um, the board. And that was discussed, it was proposed and on review by um, the committee uh, with the help of our uh, council, um, uh, 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 Council uh, Donnelly, uh, it was decided that it's such a rare occurrence that we would not move ahead with that agenda, with that item. So that item um, is not included, um, although it was one of our tasks to review. And again, we decided not to proceed with, with a modifying or amending our, um, our um, uh, terms of reference in that regard. Um, the second item has to do um, in, I think, in terms of reference uh, one, um, B, in terms of uh, um, regarding uh, audits and compliance plans, and again, um, to sort of um, uh, make our um, terms of governance, terms of reference and uh, governance um, in light of what we are in fact doing. Uh, the third item, um, which was 210, um, which was an update on the contingency reserve policy uh, and methodology. And again, um, I thank Mike Clark um, and the staff at Aon for uh, reminding us of a presentation they made in November 2022 and including that memo in terms of terms. Um, and this item was simply a matter of sort of um, updating this to, uh, in fact, um, what is required is what necessary for good uh, fiscal responsibility uh, regarding, regarding the um, contingency reserve uh, policy. And the 213 is the new policy. Uh, as we all recall, um, the health service system was um, a recipient of um, some um, a settlement uh, prompted by um, the Sutter uh, health system settlement class action suit. Um, and we turns out we had no real policy in terms of how to handle those that settlement. And so uh, policy 213 is a new policy to cover legal settlements um, um, by the health service system and the board uh, in this regard. So that summarizes essentially all four categories of which three resulted in uh, revisions um, as redlined um, in the documents uh, provided. So again, with that as further background, any further discussion or questions? I'm saying none in the, on the, uh, amongst the commissioners at this time. We're hearing none, then we'll go ahead and open this up for public discussion. Thank you, thank you, Chair Scott. In, excuse me, Chair Follinsby. In-person public comment will be first and then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments are to be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give you an audible warning when you have 30 seconds remaining, and when your three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute, and the moderator will unmute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on SFGovTV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial-in number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2481-453-5729. Again, 2481-453-5729.
Then, pound and pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star 3 to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with any in-person public comment. And no one has approached the podium. We'll move to our virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue at this time. Board Secretary, we have three callers on the phone line. Zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. A reminder to all callers on the line, you must dial star three now if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item. We'll wait five more seconds and then close public comment for this agenda item. Board Secretary, there are still no callers in the public comment queue at this time. Thank you, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed. Thank you very much. We'll now call for a roll call vote. Roll call vote starting with President Scott. Aye. Vice President Howe. Aye. Commissioner Breslin. Aye. Commissioner Canning. Aye. Commissioner Follinsby. Aye. And Commissioner Zvansky. Aye. Thank you very much. It passes unanimously. And once again, I want to thank um, all of the uh, individuals who participated in our deliberations at this point. And I include uh, President Scott and Commissioner Zavansky, who attended all the meetings and faithfully um, provided much input um, into these uh, changes. And so with that, I uh, would like to close agenda item number 11. Thank you. Before we do that, as you know, these will now be incorporated into the terms of reference. These newly adopted policies and terms will be incorporated into the larger work. We also, last fall, approved uh, cafeteria plan or flex benefit plan updates and member rules. And so uh, working with the board secretary over the next few weeks, you'll be uh, sought out as to whether you want a hard copy of these documents which would be delivered at the next board meeting, a hard copy for those board members who want one, or you will want an electronic version which will be posted on the website. And so uh, if you want the hard copy, please advise the secretary today, those of us who are in the room. I do. <laughs> she knows that. Noted, yes. Uh, Commissioner Zavansky? Probably. Probably. Okay. Commissioner Breslin? Oh, she just raised her hand. So you know you have three hard copies at the next meeting. All of the others will speak for themselves over the course of the next few weeks and tell you one way or the other. All right? So thank you uh, again, Chair Follinsby, for uh, your work on governance. We'll now move to uh, rates and benefits. And again, as is our custom, rates and benefits Include, it used to be a standalone committee. We revised that a few years ago, and now anytime we're talking about rates and benefits, it's all of the board members participating somewhat as a committee of the whole. So with that, we'll start with item number 12. Agenda item number 12 is the presentation on the 2023 rates and benefits calendar for the plan year 2024. This is a discussion item and will be presented by Executive Director Abby Yant. Good afternoon, commissioners. Yes, I think you have in your materials uh, the rates and benefits calendars that currently stands uh, for this rates and benefits season. 
Uh, I will call out that we do put a hold on the fourth Thursday of each month during rates and benefits in case things go haywire and we need an extra meeting. Um, and so um, I would just call that to your attention to please put that on your personal calendars. Uh, that will help and we try to give as much lead time as possible should we have the opportunity to cancel those meetings and I would suggest to this chair that at the conclusion of this meeting if you agree that we cancel the February 23rd meeting since we're moving along on clockwork today. Um, and it's a very comprehensive calendar. Um, it really guides a lot of the staff work that goes into preparing these um, items. And so if you see anything missing, please let us know. Um, the uh, final approval dates at the Board of Supervisors are, are, are not yet confirmed uh, with the Board of Supervisors because, as you know, they just have a new president elected and they're appointing committees. And so we'll know who the new chair of the Budget and Finance Committee is when everybody else knows. And, um, and then uh, should we need to develop a relationship there, we'll work on it. But um, I think we know almost everybody. On the, on the board at this point in time. Uh, and we will await the, just as a by the way, we will await the uh, appointment to the Health Service Board, uh, hoping that uh, President Peskin um, uh, and his staff are able to see their way to appointing a member to this committee. With that, I'll take any questions. Are there questions about the rates and benefits calendar, the identified dates, how we're going to work through the process for the remainder of the year. If not, we'll take uh, entertain public comment at this time on this item. Thank you, President Scott. In-person public comment will be first, then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments are to be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give an audible warning when you have 30 seconds remaining, and when your three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute, and the moderator will unmute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on SFGov TV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial-in number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2481-453-5729. Again, 2481-453-5729. Then press pound and pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star 3 to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with any in-person public comment. And no one has approached the podium. We'll move to our virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue at this time. Board Secretary, we have three callers on the phone line. Zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. A reminder to all callers on the line, you must dial star three now if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item. We'll wait five more seconds and then close public comment for this agenda item. Board Secretary, there are still no callers in the public comment queue at this time. Thank you, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed. Uh, thank you. We will now go to item 13. 
Thank you, President Scott. Agenda item number 13, approve the June 30th, 2022 incurred but not reported IVNR reserve and <coughs> contingency reserve amounts for the self-funded and flex-funded health plans. This is an action item and will be presented by Mike Clark with AON. Good afternoon, commissioners. Uh, Good afternoon today. and welcome, Mike. Yes. And to your colleague as well. A we voice you will hear many times over right. the next few months. <laughs> <laughs> Today I only have first, one presentation. So. This is your first presentation of the year, and we welcome the future ones to be just as informative and concise as this one will be. So Absolutely. thank you. <laughs> now, Happy New Year, Commissioners. Uh, Today, we will review and I'll ask our approval for the June 30th, 2022 incurred but not reported reserve and contingency reserve amounts for SFHSS self-funded and flex-funded health plans. On the first page, just as a reminder, uh, today's discussion focuses on the first two of three overall uh, reserve policies. Uh, the incurred but not reported, which is the actual estimate of the unpaid liability for any runout claims where services are incurred on or before a given date. In the case of today, that's June 30th, 2022, uh, but have been paid and processed after. Uh, the contingency reserve is a statistically determined amount which protects uh, against the potential for funding estimate shortfalls, which could occur uh, with any actual claim variance over uh, exceeded uh, projected claims. And again, calculated annually as of June 30th. And then the third, which we will not address today, but it will be addressed in coming months, is a stabilization, uh, which uh, accounts for determination of financial gain or loss for the self-funded and flex-funded plans. And that is calculated annually as of December 31st. And so we will review those recommendations with you in the March and April timeframe. Uh, with these three distinct reserve policies, uh, they apply to the following plans. The flex-funded non-Medicare uh, medical and prescription drug HMO plans administered by Blue Shield of California, uh, the Blue Shield Access Plus and Trio plans for active employees and early retirees. Uh, a new element this year uh, with HealthNet Canopy Care coming into play in 2022 is the uh, IBNR and contingency reserve for that plan. The self-funded non-Medicare medical and prescription drug PPO plan that is primarily administered by Blue Shield for active employees and early retirees, but also by United Healthcare for non-Medicare split family uh, retired covered lives where at least one family member is covered in the UHC Medicare Advantage plan. And then finally, the self-funded dental PPO plan that is administered by Delta Dental uh, for the active employees. The policies are included in the web link uh, that you see here, although as just noted in item 11 today, uh, there will be an update posted soon to the contingency reserve policy uh, 210. So the presentation today is asking for approval of the amounts that we'll walk through in the following pages. For the IBNR, or incurred but not reported reserves, you see in this table uh, each of the four major segments of plans uh, administered by Blue Shield, uh, HealthNet, and Delta Dental for the active employees. You see the amounts as they were approved last year at this time, as of June 30th, 2021, and the amounts that we're requesting approval for for today uh, for the June 30th, 2022 measurement date. Overall, uh, there was an increase in the projected 
uh, reserve amount for IBNR as of June 30th, 2022, primarily due to not only an increase in claim levels, uh, similar to what Chief Officer uh, Hussein reported earlier in this meeting, but also observances of slower uh, speeds of claim payment uh, processing by the health plans uh, by the same employment issues as we talked about today with, you know, for instance, filling vacancies within SFHSS, certainly the health plans have struggled to maintain levels of staffing uh, to require to process and pay claims uh, similar to what they may have had pre-pandemic. So that's another contributor, just longer times to process claims, that's also contributing to this increase. Uh, we also note in the footnote to this page uh, that there was, upon just conversations with uh, the auditor in the fall of 2022, there was some discovery of unmapped UHC uh, claim activity for early retirees during 2022, resulting from some of the transition of those lives uh, from UHC to, um, to Blue Shield. Uh, that if we had known about it uh, when we performed these calculations in August 2022, uh, would have increased the IBNR for the non-Medicare PPO uh, plan only for early retirees uh, by a little over a million. And then for the contingency reserves on page six, uh, you'll see the amounts uh, uh, for June 30th, 2022 compared to the prior year, uh, about a 6% increase overall. Uh, which is generally consistent with uh, typical trend. So with that, uh, today's recommendation is that the Health Service Board approve the incurred but not reported and contingency reserve amounts as of June 30th, 2022, as presented in this material. Uh, for the Blue Shield HMO plan, the HealthNet Canopy Care HMO plan, the self-funded non-Medicare uh, PPO plan administered by Blue Shield as well as UHC, and the self-funded dental PBO plan uh, administered by Delta Dental for the active employees. And just to note, the changes in contingency reserves uh, as presented in this material will be a component of the December 31st, 2022 stabilization reserve calculations that we perform in coming months. President Scott. Are there questions on this portion of the presentation? I have a question about the, the note. Uh, once this was discovered and we now have made the adjustments and so forth. Is there some process in place or will, do we have some level of assurance that there won't be a reoccurrence of this type of thing in the future? And if so, can you describe what that is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there was some coding uh, change, like I said, with transition of plans uh, for 2022. So first of all, we've now identified this so that when we do the rating for the non-Medicare PPO plan, we now have the structure known and in place. So none of this would have impacted the rating that was put in place for 2023 uh, because none of this impacted 2021 claim experience. Um, and then, you know, perhaps if Chief Officer or Financial Officer Hussein uh, remains on the line, perhaps you can comment on any conversations you had with uh, MGO about this. I think in the end, MGO discovered this. We talked through it. I don't think they found it to be of um, enough of a um, significance in the value to request a restatement of the reserve calculation, but um, perhaps CFO Hussein, I'll defer to you for commentary on that. Uh, 
Yeah, exactly. So for NGO, it, it really was not an issue uh, because the amounts were small, but uh, we uh, are aware now and we will make sure this doesn't happen. So we will yeah, look forward to yeah, and one thing our team uh, did, so we have uh, in preparation for today, we do have the updated uh, claim lag uh, actual data available through the end of October. So what we did is went back and tested if we'd have had that information at the time we do the reserve calculations, uh, which obviously we don't, but uh, if we had perfect information with that data through October, would we be calculating similar figures to what we would have kind of restated as the reserve figures for the PPL plan? Uh, the answer is yes. The, like we would recalculate a reserve that would be closer to the plus 1.16 million, uh, not over that relative to what's shown on this page, but it's definitely tracking with expectations given the adjustment to the, um, you know, kind of the, all the coding that went into, you know, kind of looking at these particular claims. Okay. Thank you. Are there other questions from members of the board? No. Did you understand all of that? <laughs> I believe I did, but you can ask okay. me clarifying no, just, questions you care to. So, thank you. Um, so, if I, if I understand what you have just explained, that this 1.1 Six million, somewhere that got, when you did the recalculations, that got put in the right queue and calculated to make changes so that what we have, this is not outstanding anywhere. It's, it's in the process. Correct. So, I mean, ultimately what's booked is at the end of the fiscal year on page five right. in total is that 32.6 million. You know, looking back, right. if we'd had captured these unmapped uh, claims properly at the time we did the calculation, I'd be standing in front of you with a, you know, recommendation of around 33.7 million. I think the differential uh, based on MGO analysis is the amounts in place, the 32.6 million, they felt are sufficient overall. Uh, therefore, they did not ask for a financial you know, statement uh, recast with that incremental 1.1 million. Thank you. So it wasn't material? According to MGO, that's my understanding, but again, I don't yeah. feel I'm qualified to speak to that, uh, CFO Hussein. Uh, no, that's that, exactly correct. So they said it was not material for the audit. All right. But when we do the recalculation, we will calculate, the next calculation will reflect all claims, and there will be a catch-up. All right, thank you. thank you. Are there other questions from the board on this item? If not, we'll now have public comment. Uh, oh, Mr. I'm President, sorry. Uh, uh, Commissioner Channing. Uh, if I may um, move that we approve the uh, June 30th, uh, 2022 uh, incurred but not reported in contingency reserve amounts for self-funded and flex-funded health plans as presented. Thank you very much for that motion. Is there a second? Second. second. There's properly moved and seconded that we approve the recommendation as presented uh, regarding uh, the IBNR and contingency reserve fund. Is there any further question by members of the board? If not hearing none, we'll now have public comment.
Thank you, President Scott. In-person public comment will be first, then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments are to be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give an audible warning when you're 30 seconds remaining and when your three minutes have ended i'll thank you for your call you'll be placed back on mute and the moderator will unmute the next caller remote viewing is available on sfgov tv and online using webex opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen the dial-in number is 415-655-0001 again 415-655-0001 when prompted use access code 2481-453-5729 again 2481-453 5729, then press pound and pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star three to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with any in-person public comment. And no one has approached the podium. We'll move to our virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue at this time. Board Secretary, we have two callers on the phone line. Zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. A reminder to all callers on the line, you must dial star three now if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item. We'll wait five more seconds and then close public comment for this agenda item. Board Secretary, there's still no callers in the public comment queue at this time. Thank you, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed. Thank you. We'll now take a roll call vote on this item. Roll call vote, starting with Vice Pre mm, excuse me, President Scott. Aye. Vice President Howe. Aye. Commissioner Breslin. Aye. Commissioner Canning. Aye. Commissioner Follinsby. Aye. And Commissioner Zavansky. Aye. It passes unanimously. Thank you again, Aon, for your support in this effort. No, thank, thank you. you. We will now take item 17. No, this won't take that long. Agenda item number 17 is the reports and updates from contracted health plan representatives. This is a discussion item, and I believe we have one representative ready to um, present. Um, good afternoon. I'm Julie Fernandez with Delta Dental Insurance Company. Um, I'm here to give you an update on the current SmileWay um, wellness benefits. Um, it's a feature that you have on your PPO plans on both the active and retiree. It allows for enhanced benefits if a member has five um, conditions. Those conditions are diabetes, heart disease, HIV, AIDS, rheumatoid arthritis, and stroke. So if a member um, has those, um, those conditions, they're allowed for um, four cleanings covered at 100%, and then um, periodontal scaling and root planing is covered at 100% coinsurance. So Delta has identified nine additional conditions that will now be available for those additional benefits. So we're really excited about that, um, to provide that wellness benefit, um, enhanced benefits for members. 
So those nine um, conditions are ALS, Lou Gehrig's, cancer, chronic kidney disease, Huntington's, lupus, opioid, opioid misuse and addiction, Parkinson's disease, and Sjogren's syndrome. So um, just wanted to bring that to your attention. We're really um, happy to provide a meaningful enhancement to members that might be suffering from these conditions. So just to be clear, you used to, to have uh, a list of four or five mm -hmm. uh, conditions that qualified for four cleanings a year. Mm -hmm. You've now expanded that list to include another nine yes. conditions that will be allowed to have four cleanings a year. Correct. So there'll be 14. All right. Thank really. you. Any questions? Any questions from the board? Thank you for mm -hmm. your Thank partnership. You. Thank you for your time. Are there other plan representatives here who wish to provide us with updates, comments, criticisms, public or private, anything at all? This is your chance. There are plan representatives online and no one is um, waiting. No one has come in. All right, well, thank you all for coming and we'll take public comment on this item. Thank you, President Scott. In-person public comment will be first and then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, we are welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments are to be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there is no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give you an audible warning when there are 30 seconds remaining, and when the three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute, and the moderator will unmute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on SFGov TV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial-in number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2481-453-5729. Again, 2481-453-5729. Then press pound and pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star three to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with any in-person public comment. And no one has approached the podium. We'll move to our virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue at this time. Board Secretary, we have two callers on the phone line. Zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. A reminder to all callers on the line, you must dial star three now if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item. We'll wait five more seconds and then close public comment for this agenda item. Board Secretary, there's still no callers in the public comment queue at this time. Thank you, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed. Thank you. We'll now move to item 14 on the agenda. President Scott, just um, a note that after, uh, if we wanted to take a break, did we want to do that now or um, after agenda item 14? I thought we'd take a break in private. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. So I'll call agenda item number yes. 14. We're going to go into closed session and we'll include our break in that. Okay, uh, agenda item number 14 is vote on whether to hold 
closed session for a member appeal. This is an action item and will be presented by President Scott. All right, there is a, a question and I'm willing to entertain a motion on whether we hold a closed session for member appeal. President Scott, I move that we hold closed session to address the member appeal. I'll second. It's been properly moved and seconded that we uh, vote on whether to hold a closed session to hear a member appeal. Is there any comment from the board? We'll take public comment at this time. Thank you, President Scott. In-person public comment will be first, and then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments are to be made concerning the agenda that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give an audible warning when you have 30 seconds remaining, and when you have three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute, and the moderator will unmute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on SFGov TV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial-in number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2481-453-5729. Again, 2481-453-5729. Then press pound and pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star 3 to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with our in-person public comment. And no one has approached the podium. We'll move to our virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue at this time. Board Secretary, we have three callers on the phone line. Zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. A reminder to all callers on the line, you must dial star three now if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item. We'll wait five more seconds and then close public comment for this agenda item. Board Secretary, there are still no callers in the public comment queue at this time. Thank you, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed. All right, we're now ready for a roll call vote. Roll call vote starting with President Scott. Aye. Vice President Howe. Aye. Commissioner Breslin. Aye. Commissioner Canning. Aye. Commissioner Follinsby. Aye. Commissioner Zvansky. Aye. Thank you, the vote is unanimous that we will now hold a closed session for a member appeal. And at this time, we will now go into that closed session to begin that process. Thank you, President Scott. TV, San Francisco Government Television.
SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television. SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
Good afternoon. Uh, we'll hang on one more second because I want to make sure I haven't heard confirmation from SFGov okay. that we are back in open session after coming out of closed session. And it's confirmed we are live. Thank you. Uh, Board Secretary, would you please call the roll? Yes, roll call vote starting with President Scott. Present. Vice President Howe? Present. Commissioner Breslin? Here. Commissioner Canning? Present. Commissioner Bonsby? Uh, Did we lose him? Commissioner Follinsby? Commissioner Follinsby, can you hear us? We can see you. Commissioner Follinsby, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Okay, thank you. I'm glad you can hear us. Um, in order to um, make sure that everyone in the live session, can we restart the vote? Yes, please okay. do. Thank you. So roll call vote starting with President Scott. Present. Vice President Howe. Present. Commissioner Breslin. Present. Commissioner Canning. Present. Commissioner Follinsby. Present. Commissioner Zvansky. Present. And with that, we're now ready to take up item 15 on the agenda. Thank you, President Scott. Agenda item number 15 is vote to elect whether to disclose any or all discussion held in closed session. This is San Francisco Administrative Code section 67.12A. This is an action item and will be presented by President Scott. I'm ready to entertain a motion on this item. Uh, Mr. President, I move that we disclose uh, nothing that was discussed uh, in closed session. Second. It's been properly moved and seconded that we uh, that we not disclose any or all of the discussion held in closed session under the San Francisco Administrative Code. Is there any further discussion by the board? Hearing none, we're now ready to vote. Thank Roll you, President. Of, of, with an action item, do we do vote first or public comment? Public vote. comment. Okay. Excuse me. All right. In-person public comment will be first and then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments are to be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give an audible warning when you have 30 seconds remaining. When when your three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute and the moderator will unmute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on SFGov TV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial-in number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2481-453-5729. Again, 2481 453-5729, then press pound and pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star three to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. Before we move to the in-person um, public, com in public comment, I do want to check to make sure all systems are running for our panel, uh, 
public comment and moderator. Please give me one moment. I believe all access has been restored. We'll move to in-person public comment and no one has approached the podium. So we will move to our virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue at this time. Board Secretary, we have zero callers on the phone line. Zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. Thank you, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed. Thank you, and we're now ready to vote by roll call. Roll call vote, starting with President Scott. Aye. Vice President Howe. Aye. Commissioner Breslin. Aye. Commissioner Canning. Aye. Commissioner Follinsby. Commissioner Follinsby, can you say that one more time? Aye. Thank you. And Commissioner Zavansky. Aye. The vote is unanimous. We'll now take up item 16. Agenda item number 16, possible report on action taken in closed session. This is government, government code section 54957.1 and San Francisco Administrative Code 67.12B. This is an action item and will be presented by President Scott. I am ready to entertain a motion on this item. Uh, Mr. President, I move that um, the, the report be limited only to that we uh, participate in a closed session for this meeting. Is there a second? Second. It's been moved and seconded that we not report on any action taken in the closed session under the government code and the administrative codes as, as cited. Is there any further comment by the board? If not, we'll have public comment on this item. Thank you, President Scott. In-person public comment will be first and then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments are to be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give an audible warning when you have 30 seconds remaining, and when your three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute, and the moderator will unmute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on SFGov TV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial-in number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2481-453-5729. Again, 2481-453-5729. Then press pound and pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star three to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with any in-person public comment. No one has approached the podium, so we'll move to our virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue at this time. Board Secretary, we have zero callers on the phone line and zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. Thank you, moderator. Hearing uh, no callers, public comment is now closed. Thank you. We're now ready to take a roll call vote on item uh, 16. Roll call vote starting with President Scott. Aye. Vice President Howe? Aye. 
Commissioner Breslin? Aye. Commissioner Canning? Aye. Commissioner Follinsby? Aye. Commissioner Zvansky? Aye. Thank you. The, uh, the motion passes unanimously, and we're now ready to take up item 18, which is adjournment, and I hereby adjourn this board meeting. Thank you. Thank you. Good job. Thank you, President Scott. Adjournment at 426 p.m.